Listener Production. Like the black pudding in a full English breakfast. Don't ask any questions. Just start chewing. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Well, apparently it's been a historic weekend uh, in Scotland over uh, over the last couple of days because of 200 people. You know, we talked about it, over, you know, um, this week regarding the uh, the big search for the Loch Ness. Yeah, producer Bron coming in with the fishing rod. Already chucked it into the lock. Have been searching for a while. But you're right, 200 people out there with their, what, sonars and their binoculars and their... Mm-hmm. Their eight megapixel Sony's. <laughs> They're Nokia very blurry cameras, yes. <laughs> um, so apparently, here, 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 listen to this, right? A group of researchers from the volunteer group Loch Ness Exploration had been bobbing along the iconic stretch of water when they heard four mysterious gloops emanating from the gloomy depths below. Right? They'd been using a hydrophone system to catch underwater sounds. Sadly, would you believe it, Alex Dyson? The group claims no one hit record while using <gasps> the acoustic. They've, they've done a bron. They didn't they didn't they record did the glue. Exactly. I would think that they were lying. I would think <laughs> I would think that they were lying, but we had it happen to our producer. Yeah. Imagine that, Bron. See, you don't have to feel bad about not recording all of your interviews on the Logie's red carpet. These people could have had the Loch Ness Monster 100% proven and they forgot to hit record. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> happens to the nest of us. Alan McKenna admitted they got a bit too excited, but that was just the people from the Loch Ness exploration. We had another group of people, Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast, actually had our own team mm-hmm. checking yep. it out. And Dyson, I mean, you, you've actually got the recording. We captured oh. the sound of Nessie. Yeah, I was chatting to our correspondents in Scotland the other day. They said they popped the microphone in the water mm. and picked up some audio. So let's have a listen what? to it for the very really? first time. We've, yeah, got yeah. The, we've got the audio of, of the Loch Ness. Yeah, here, have a listen. Oh, my God. This is, this is from a depth of 240 metres oh below the surface of the loch. Have oh, my God. Okay, let's listen. My God! I can't That's believe- tricky, Nikki. <laughs> That's a tricky Nikki. Weren't expecting that, were you? <laughs> Imagine getting tricky looking for the lock. Oh, dear, you the got it! You storm retreats. That's a long, long play by Nessie. Long play, but we respect it. All right, let's jump in. Now that you know, if you're a new listener to this <laughs> podcast. We have set the tone, I've got to tell you. This is who we are. Let's jump in. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Well, it's the kind of news that would make Matt O'Kine pop his feet up on the desk, lean back in that computer chair, fire up a big old cigar, and just laugh haughtily at... The fact that Victorian and Queensland taxi drivers will be forced to turn on their meters for rides hailed on the street or ranks under regulation changes to stop fare gouging. Yeah, look, Alex Dyson, I got a number of tags on Instagram (laughs) under uh, news stories that were breaking this uh, information. And I got to tell you, it was bittersweet. Bittersweet. 
If you are new to this podcast, you might not be aware that over the past couple of decades, mm. I have had an ongoing feud with the taxi drivers of many different states and territories <laughs> regarding their usage of the meter, mm. their dishonest practice when it comes to applying tariffs to the meter. They call that kind the tariff sheriff. <laughs> I am <laughs> you, pretty you've fierce. Re you've read the book on tariffs. My friend. And uh, if, it, if, if, it, if you're just catching up, it all started back in 2011, I think, or 2010, <laughs> when I did disrupt the wedding of a good friend after I was having an argument with a taxi driver out the front <laughs> um, because they were on tariff two instead of tariff one, and I was refusing to pay the fare, and the best man had to run up to me and say, what the hell is going on? Get out of the way. The bride is arriving now. <laughs> And then you started yelling at her horse and carriage driver saying that. Then, <laughs> then the taxi driver threw my change at me, including a $2 coin, which, which hit me. And, uh, and I made an official complaint. Now, all of this has since spurred on a rage for rule breaking taxis, which I refuse to let go of. Okay. Now I just want to make sure that taxi drivers are being held accountable when they decide, and it is a decision often to rip off passengers. Now, not all taxi drivers, not all taxi drivers, but some. Mm. Some. The thing is with this news, first to turn on the meters, they do that a lot anyway. The problem is, is sometimes they say, as you say, Matt, they put it on the wrong tariff for the time of day on where the pickup is. The other thing that they'll do is when they get to the destination, suddenly, oh, I'm paying with card. Oh yeah. Tap, tap, tap into the machine. Mm. It's about $20 more than it is on the meter. Mm. And then you say, what is that? And they'll say, oh, that's an airport tariff, which should already be included in the meter, doesn't exist, and they've just made it up. Then they'll say something like, oh, I had to wait at the airport for an hour. That is none of your business. Yep. What we all did before this taxi drive happened has got nothing to do with me. I'm not complaining to you about what I had to, where I had to line up at the airport, did yeah, I? My plane was delayed. If I got in here earlier, you wouldn't have had to wait. Uh, exactly. <laughs> no, we don't. We're not. Once I step in the cab, that's when our relationship begins. Mm. I'm not interested in your baggage, although you should be interested in mine because <laughs> it's in the boot. I need it to be safe. Okay. Um, but. Or they spot you, you're traveling for work. Here's a cab charge. They go, oh, this guy's less likely to complain because someone mm -hmm. else is paying for it. Yes. I'm going to use this as an opportunity. Yes. Preach. Preach, brothers. Preach. Okay. So Victorian taxi drivers with this news will be forced to turn on their meters for rides hailed on the street or at ranks under regulation changes to stop fare gouging. Now, this is a big contentious issue because as people have stated in the comment section of these news reports... If someone's willing to pay the fare, you know, if you, let's say you go to a taxi driver, mm -hmm. taxi driver says, where are you going to? You say, I don't know, I'm going to Morningside or whatever. They say, cool, take you there for 20 bucks, right? Yep. Little negotiation. If, if that's, if that's fine, then great. That's the way you want to play it. Mm. But what if there's a packed stadium, there's thousands of people all needing a cab, all wanting transport. Cab driver says, no, nah, I'll take you there for a thousand dollars. Or you get and on the back of this line. <laughs> yeah. Or you can go, but yeah, go to the back, go to the yeah. back of the line. A bit of the old, uh, surge pricing. But in this case, it's the taxi driver's name is Sergio and he 
sets the price. Pricing. And so if you, or you've got the crutches fresh out of, mm. you know, hospital, oh, finally home to feed the dogs. And suddenly taxi driver's like, nah, I don't feel like going to Deception Bay unless you give me a little something, something, right? And something, something in this case is money. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want it to seem like there's anything else. This is a conversation about money. And so... People, the oh, government's for the saying, clarification. well, I, I didn't want it to, I did not want it to seem like I was presuming that taxi drivers did anything else other than rip off customers in a monetary sense. <laughs> so Victorian taxi, and only some of them do it just more often than not in my recent <laughs> cases, Victorian taxi drivers. Every, every clarification, it gets worse. <laughs> Queensland taxi drivers will also be mandated to turn on their meters for all rank and hail journeys, even if a prearranged price has been agreed to, mm. in a bid to ensure that passengers are not overcharged. All right. So, look, I feel like this is a little win mm. for big passenger. All right? Because <laughs> we are, we're the lobby group. Big consumer. We're, we are the loudest voice in this industry. And the more noise we make, the more the industry, and I'm not saying it's the drivers either. It is... It's the the corporations. What's pressure? The regulations, the cost of yeah. the plates, and all those things. This is this is the sort of stuff that we need. We need the government to step in and go, guys. This is we need to make all this stuff illegal. All right, we need to make the big cab companies wake up. God, I feel like I'm on two GB. <laughs> honestly, I honestly just had a moment where I was like, I could do it. I could be on. Yeah, <laughs> I could be that person. Mm. You know, Ben Ford, and watch out. Watch out, honestly. Would you be the first person of African descent hosting a show? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I tell you what, Ben, I'd be wobbling in my boots if I was you, mate. <laughs> look out, son. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm starting with Big Taxi. Anyways, look, this is a win for Big Passenger. We need mm. to keep sticking together. Thank you, everyone who's tagged me. Mm. Let's keep fighting the good fight. Let's pay the right thing for our fares. Let's get home safe. This is Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, thank you to everyone who watched the first episode of Mother and Son premiering on the ABC uh, last Wednesday, actually. And of course, episode two is coming up tonight. Very excited indeed. Very funny episode. Arthur gets approached by a young couple played by Veronica Milsom and Maria Tattel. Yeah, another... uh... Another radio co-worker you got to act in one of your TV shows. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you yeah, not get the, there's no, no. Yeah, no, my didn't manager the... didn't get a call. No, Asking to audition. Yeah. That's all I'm after. I just want an audition. Veronica is part of a same-sex couple approaching Arthur to, uh, to have a baby for them. So that's happening in tonight's episode. Very funny episode. Shout out to everyone who watched it, uh, and left comments on my Facebook page, uh, Travis said, bankrupt of fresh ideas, resort to a poor remake. Sorry, reimagining. Uh, Penny said, absolutely cringed watching this. Acting so embarrassing. Poor Ruth Cracknell must be turning in her grave. Um, Rhonda, at least giving me a little bit of a chance, said, maybe I should watch it again. I didn't really find it that funny. But at least... <laughs> jokes, has so- jokes are better the second time, usually, <laughs> Rhonda. So I would say yes. Um, but no, a lot of people saying it was great. Decided not to compare it to the original as times have changed. Uh, you know, 
Loved the original, so I thought I'd give this a go. Quite like the new version related to a lot of the lines. Well done. That is good. I think it's been getting a great response. I saw a lot of great comments on there. There was one comment of like, someone said, oh my God, reimagined is such a leftist word. I'm like, yeah. what <laughs> What yeah, no. I saw, I saw a um, yeah. One, another person said, "What? How is reimagined anything? Yeah. Like <laughs> leftist or what? How what is a... it political in any way, shape, or form?" Yeah. No, but one of my favourite comments came via the uh, director, Neil Sharma. Shout out to him. I've known Neil for a very long time. People used to get us mistaken quite regularly, mm-hmm. and um, and he said that um, his mum loved it. Right? She was talking about how the narration was a different touch. Right. And um, Neil said, what narration? Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> oh, I don't remember <laughs> anyone narrating it. Yeah, exactly. Turned out she'd actually turned on the uh, feature for seeing impaired viewers by accident. <laughs> <laughs> so she's watching it with the audio description being like, Interesting choice. Well, remember when we talked <laughs> to that audio describer about yes. them? You're describing like Frozen the movie. Like you've got to say the snow snowman skids across the ice, and the person walks over and picks up a cup and studies the cup and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So she would have been like, "Wow, this is really interesting creative choice." I thought she would have watched a different show, much like Barnaby <laughs> Joyce watching the wrong, you know, <laughs> soccer no, match so- the other week. Look, thank you to everyone who watched uh, that episode and who will keep watching it tonight again, 8.30 ABC or on iView. But um, I thought I'd ask the question. Well, before we get to that, Bron, you're, you're non uh, yeah. had, a, had a watch of yeah. Mother and Son. She loved it. She, she loved the original. She loved this one. She was very excited that I work with you. She doesn't really understand what the podcast is, but my mum was like, yeah, and Bron works with the son. She's like, what? How? <laughs> what do you mean? Wait, what do you mean? Did she watch it without knowing that you work with me? Because I said, oh, it's because me and my mum were saying, you know, it's on tonight. You should watch it because she liked the old version. I didn't want to really get into. We worked together. Mm. You didn't. You didn't drop a name. I didn't drop a name. It wasn't oh, worth. It okay, wasn't worth yep. it. No, good. And so she still decided to watch it. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You're saying Matt's name wasn't big enough to drop? Not heavy <laughs> enough to drop? You could carry his name quite comfortably, Bron. Hey, no, look, I I, I understand this situation, Bron, because we did a lot of filming out on the streets of Padstow. And so what would often happen is they'd go, someone would walk up, you know, elderly Australian walk up. Oh, what are you, what are you filming? We'd say, oh, we're filming a new show for the ABC. And then you'd, they'd be like, oh, that's exciting. Is anyone famous in it? And you'd say... <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm in it. And they'd be like, who are you? And you're just like, oh, then you got to explain, you know, the, the, you know I was yeah. in a cooking show, I guess. I don't know. And you have to say, yeah, I decided not to cast Alex Dyson in this series, unfortunately. So, And they no. go, it would have been better with Dyson. And they storm <laughs> off. No, but um, look, thank you to everyone who watched. And, and I, we thought you'd ask you, what, what setting did you not realize was turned on? <laughs> I think most people over the age of 52 don't realize there's a setting you can turn off, which is the sound when you're typing on your phone's keypad, every (laughs) single letter. (laughs) Like, guys, please, please. We're not sending a message between Navy frigates. We can have... The sound off the keyboard, please. So we did ask you, what setting did you not realize was on? 
Uh, Adele got in touch, said, my friend was listening to the podcast in 1.5 speed and didn't realise for weeks. Bro, I did stand up about this. I was listening to crime podcasts at 1.5 speeding. Me and Belinda, when we first started listening to no. Case File, we were literally like, what is up with this dude? Like, What? Red, as read by, instead of Gary Megan or whatever, it's by Elvin the Chipmunk. No, it, no, it honestly sounded like one of those political ads. It'd be like, and the couple was going, I'm thinking, and I'm like, what? why is this guy speaking so fast? I had no idea. That was when I first started listening to podcasts. Ash, my friend's mom had an alarm set for 6 p.m. every day and didn't know how to turn it off. So just dealt with it for years. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be kind of comforting, wouldn't it? Just hearing that. News is on. Made it through another day. KB said, I filled out my self-evaluation form at work, not realizing it was an online template. The whole company had access to it and could read it. Oh, no. I wonder if KB was glowing about themselves. Um, the Let's old... hope so. It's a bit of self-confidence, KB. Goes a long way. Um, and we've also got Tess on the phone. G'day, Tess. G'day. How are you going? Tess, your dad uh, had a setting on. <laughs> yeah. So my dad used to be in the Coast Guard a long time ago and happened to accumulate a whole lot of, I guess, nautical-themed um, gadgets. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had what's called an EPIRB, which was kind of like a GPS for if you get stuck out at sea and you need to send a, you know, a beacon to get some help. Mm-hmm. Um and he was fiddling around in the shed one day and must have accidentally bumped it. And apparently about an hour later, the house was surrounded by four-wheel drives with, you know, government stickers on them. And this helicopter came over the house and was hovering right over the house. My mum was getting ready for church and going, it's all right, I'm coming, I'm coming. Um, and couldn't figure out what it was. And, and they sort of had a bit of a talk. And mum was like, What's, what could this possibly be? Is there a rescue gone awry? And... Dad's sort of had a bit of an inkling, gone, oh, hang on. And he went down to the shed and realised he's accidentally sort of activated this emergency beacon that sent out this bogus search party. <laughs> oh um, and all they were doing is just hanging out at home. So, um, so yeah, a bit of a waste of resources. <laughs> did they think, like, if it's meant to be on a ship, did they think a ship had run aground at your house or something? Speed <laughs> 2 <laughs> happening in the suburbs. They must have. Well, Mum's like, what have the kids gotten up to? What's happened? But, um, yeah, look, it, it was pretty... um. Dad thought it was hilarious. Mum was just mortified because of what all the neighbours would think, that they were running <laughs> oh, some kind no. of weird operation. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Tess. Really appreciate it. We're glad that your dad's all right. That's the main thing. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Now, Matt, listeners to All Day Breakfast know we ask a lot of questions. Sorry, I should say we ask a lot of questions. There's one of them, and that's, are you thinking you're going to have kids, Alex Dyson? Um, The good news is there's a brand new show that answers every other question involved. Things like, uh, do dogs really love their owners? Is it really dangerous to have your phone on the plane, not in flight mode? These kind of things are all answered to the new ABC show. What the F-A-Q. It is tonight on the ABC, right after a little show called Mother and Son, and one of the <clears throat> stars of it joins us now, Cameron James. Hello. Pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Now, um, when I have a tough scientific question... Mm. Um, where I'm like, I honestly could not figure out the answer to this. Mm. I always think to, <laughs> to contact a comedian. 
<laughs> yeah. One of the names I pitched for this show was <laughs> Pretend Google Doesn't Exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember a while ago there was a bit that Dave Chappelle did about <laughs> when people were looking at the, uh, you know, the situation revolving around 9-11 and the commentators <laughs> threw to Ja Rule. He's what does like, Ja think I, about this? What does Ja think? <laughs> I need to make sense of all this madness. What does Ja think? <laughs> yeah, so well, I guess it's all the questions one, one doesn't even... Well, I guess it's all the questions one doesn't even think to answer, uh, to ask themselves, Cam. There's um, plenty you've got to sort through. Did they all come into a communal hat and, and you and the rest of the team just pick them out? Yeah, definitely. A lot of people, uh, you know, were submitting things on Instagram. And because it's an ABC show, a lot of the questions were like, should we abolish the two-party system? Um, <laughs> do you think King Charles should have his crown struck from him? It's like, come on, man, just just give us some fun ones. Like, like why is the sky blue or whatever? We don't care about all this stuff. Uh, and I, I, so a bunch of them came in. I ended up just picking the fun ones. I pretty much picked any question that would that would feel like a footy show segment if I did it on TV. <laughs> But I mean, That's it interesting like... they allowed you that. I thought you'd, if you were uh, one of the hosts, and there's some amazing hosts, Chaz Lichardello, Alex Lee, Lawrence Long, Lou Wall, um, mm. they're all part of it. I didn't, we like picking teams, like like a scratch match, but it was quick picking <laughs> questions. Yeah, a little bit. You just look at all of them and then I would inevitably, it would either be myself or Chaz who would go for anything that looked a bit stunty, like falling mm. off something or injuring yourself. I think because we're both kind of jackass fans. <laughs> and then other people would gravitate towards the sciencey ones, you know, and I'd let them have that because it's uh, honestly not in my wheelhouse at all to do any research. <laughs> so I don't, I have no idea how to answer those questions. So you did all the practical stunts, which I love. And um, and so were there anything, because, I mean, Alex Dice and I have done our fair share of, you know, you mm. gotta you got to live by the sword, die by the sword. And when you say, okay, well, I'm going to figure, I'm going to find this out myself you got to do it was there anything that you did along this journey of uh you know answering some of the world's life's toughest questions that you mm. really really didn't want to do yeah one of them was what is the most difficult food to eat and so we got a food scientist to come up with a list of oh. the hardest to digest foods from <laughs> literally hard <laughs> to the spiciest foods to like those rotten fishes that they eat in Denmark. Yeah, like, like the, they, they've Europe been fermenting for like a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've I heard stories about. You, Did you, you really? Got, you got I've the heard, Swedish fish fermented rotten I've fish. Heard, I've heard that I when you it, yeah. peel off the can, it's like <laughs> it'll evacuate a whole room. Like they're disgusting. It did. It like it stank out the room that we were filming in, and then also the adjacent offices of people that were just <laughs> working and had no idea we were filming a stupid TV show. <laughs> it was so disgusting and. Uh, so I ate that, and then I immediately <laughs> ate the hottest chili in the world about 20 minutes after that, and I was – it actually ruined my year, I think. It ruined <laughs> well, everything. My, dig my digestive system hasn't recovered. How, but the problem is, now, this is – I did science in year nine, Cam, mm -hmm. all right? So mm -hmm. I know that you need – when you're conducting experiments like this, mm. you need to get rid of extraneous variables. How do you know <laughs> – which of the two destroyed your rectum when you both <laughs> ate them 20 minutes after? You gotta have one in 2023, one in 2024. You gotta get rid of all this ambiguity, mate. Yeah, you are right. You are right. But that is just like me being a wuss, essentially. I just was like, 
Let's block shoot it. Let's get it all done in one hour. Yep. And then I'll just put the week aside. But yeah, I think ultimately the answer I came up to was everything's terrible. It all it was all equally as bad. <laughs> and and so <laughs> what were some of the questions when you heard it, you were like, I need to find the answer to this, and then were surprised by the answer? Uh okay. So one of the earliest ones I read was Do Dogs Love Their Owners? Mm. Oh, you brought this up. Into the right crowd, Cam, because I mm. I don't like dogs. All right? Now, we've talked about so it pl- plenty of times. And it's not that I don't like dogs. It's like that I don't like dogs and their owners. Dogs are fine. They exist. <laughs> I'm happy for them to, to be in this world as they are, I'm sure, of me. Sure. Right? But sure. I don't need them sniveling me. <laughs> <laughs> giving me giving me little doggy kisses in the park, sniffing oh at God. me. I don't need any of that. I Dirty don't need paws your on dog his wife's near chinos. me. Exactly. <laughs> I don't need any of them. And I also don't like need the fact that you have to lock them in to your house. That you have to prison <laughs> them. <laughs> Imprison them well, for their love. Matt is are you gonna make Matt happy here by saying dogs are just um like their owners for food? Essentially. What that question is, it's an existential question Mm. and it can never truly be answered. Mm. But every dog expert that I interviewed basically said, they don't love you, but they do know that you are their source of food and care. (laughs) So they will show affection to you. And I I filmed myself for 24 hours with GoPros in my house, playing with my dog, filmed all her behaviors. And all the dog experts were like, yeah, she's manipulating you. She doesn't like you. She's not. Oh, these, oh no, these not really? Tra- the dog is a like a food honey trap. Oh my god. Yeah. Has that hurt you? Yeah, it was heartbreaking. You can see <laughs> you can see my heartbreak in the segment when I get told for the fifth time, yeah, no, no, she doesn't love you. She just knows that you'll respond. Oh no. But what about no, no, hang on, not to labor labor the point it. here, Cameron. <laughs> What about like those videos of like a, an American, you know, army person coming back from overseas and the dog goes nuts that they're back? Is that just because I was like, I haven't eaten for your whole deployment? <laughs> you know? Like this guy used to give me treats. This guy gave me treats. Maybe he'll surely give me more there's treats. a little. So, surely there's a little bit of love in there. I mean, there was one. In, there was one scientist I spoke to who said if we if we measured the tear ducts of a dog. Over the course of their life, we could determine whether they feel any kind, you know, some kind of emotional love or whatever. But no one has been bothered to do that. They're just doing like basic psychology. I actually mm. think it was the more I talk it out, I think the guy was wrong. I think my dog does love me. <laughs> Everyone Isn't else's no dog, but yours, right? Like yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there yeah. are so many more questions to be answered. Are there any names you legally cannot call your children? Is Centrelink's mm. hold music deliberately annoying? I mean, you get into it all. And it's happening this evening right after Mother and Son go. So perfect to get that sweet ratings boost into your the the debut double, of, yeah. of What the FAQ, Cameron. Yes, indeed. We'll get the Mother and Son bump, <laughs> hopefully. Well, yes, week two after some of the comments. I don't know. It could be a dip. We could be giving you the dog bowl today with some off. Hundred-year-old Swedish fish in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, broadcast than... TV isn't dead. It's still alive. Thanks so much, Cam, for joining us, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for having me, guys. See you later. And thank you for listening to All Day Breakfast today. Really appreciate you hanging out with us once again. Good news is we've got a sweet little episode for you tomorrow as well. Yeah, back here, same time, same place. We'll catch you then. 
Bye bye. That's it. The all day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.